Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are on part two of this cool concept that we're discussing with uh, Marianne Adams, who, as we discussed before, I get to call my mother also. And (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for joining us again, Marianne. You bet. And Marianne is doing her psych D on anxiety. And so we're looking at some of the research that has been done that's backing up all of these understandings and concepts that we've been using in psychotherapy and that we've talked about here with regards to anxiety, to stress, to trauma, as well as to being more loving and having interconnected relationships. And so as we're, as we're talking about that, and we had a, a fabulous episode, so if you missed this last one, definitely catch that. But as we're talking about that, we're, we're thinking about all of the, uh, why does, why does that matter to understand these concepts? And, you know, we've talked about it in terms of the really massive trauma, like betrayal trauma or things like that, but that, uh, relationships and differences between men and women and, and how they perceive and how the, chemicals in the body go right and how they're released and how long they stay and how those differences can be hugely beneficial to a couple working together what if you don't have massive traumas what if you don't have you know big huge things that are going on um, with the relationship but you just sort of have normal life that is full of those bumps and and stressors well, as um, as we mentioned last episode, that men and women have different responses, physiological and neurological responses to stress and to uh, adrenal reactions and so on, and that a man's adrenal reaction will drop very quickly after a difficulty, a trauma, a confrontation or whatever may have risen that... Um, that response, but a woman's response can stay up to 24 hours. And so sometimes we think in terms of that just because we have are working through a severe trauma that we are somehow tainted and somehow we are having to work with these adrenal responses and not realizing that everyone in normal life has these differences and that we all have these opportunities to work through these differences that men and women have. And this affects our interconnectedness. So we really have to connect with ourselves in order to connect with other people. So so tell us a little bit more about that because if I'm listening to this and it's really fascinating, it's 
I love, I mean, maybe it's my guy brain. I'm sure a lot of guys <laughs> listening to this is very logical and we love to hear logical reasons as to why there's differences, especially maybe emotional differences between husbands and wives. So I love how this is laid out. Um, understanding this, how does this improve the quality of our lives? How do you, you mentioned self-care. Um, tell us a little bit more about self-care, why this is something that's important for us to understand, and what do we do? Well, self-care, um, your adrenal system is there to protect you and to give you a little leeway when life happens, right? And so if you miss a meal, your body goes, okay, we can figure this out. and But it will trigger a... Uh, an adrenal response, it will trigger responses in your body. If you don't get enough sleep, your body says, okay, we can figure this out, but it will trigger adrenal and stress responses in your body. And so when you're dealing with traumas, you're actually having um, much more stress on your body than people realize. It is a huge stressor. Emotional things are a huge stressor on our bodies. And so we have to be really careful about physical, chemical, and emotional stressors when we are trying to heal from from trauma kinds of things. And so it becomes even more important for us to eat healthy mm. and to make sure we're giving ourselves adequate time to um, to sleep, and if we can't sleep, to make sure we're still resting, and to make sure that we are giving ourselves uh, regular physical ac- exercise, but not too much. So it becomes even more important when we're when we're talking about self care and trauma. It's a huge thing to be able to take care of ourselves and make sure, am I eating healthy? And not only that, um, for example, what you're eating affects your gut-brain access. And so you're going to be more prone to the effects of your food when you're in trauma because you've got adrenal on top of your gut-brain access. So it's a really big deal when you're in trauma or when you're dealing with any extra difficulties in your life to take a minute for a little bit extra self-care. And this is the internally minded, you know, focus that we're talking about. Right. Or really kind of shifting that focus, which can be a hard thing, I'm sure, when you're stressed because you're stressed. it feels like you're not <laughs> taking care of issues that maybe need to be taken care of, but you're saying that slowing down and focusing on uh, self-care and things as simple even as... I mean, I say simple, but they're not. Right. Uh, they're very important, but sleep and food and eating and understanding what's happening inside of you. And because they're all interrelated, if you if you don't take care of those physical needs, those sleep, feeding, eating, sleeping, um, reducing those stressors on their body, then you are automatically shifting your brain from your prefrontal cortex, which is the problem-solving part of your brain, to your amygdala and your limbic system because you will have your adrenal hormones in your body. You will have different neurotransmitters operating in your brain because they are compensating for 
the lack of, you know, for the stress that's caused by a lack of food or a lack of sleep or whatever. So everything in your body is interconnected. And when you take care of your physical needs, it automatically helps take care of your emotional needs because it's going to shift how your brain is functioning and how your body is functioning. So you can't you can't say, I don't have time for this because I'm in stress, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because it will actually work against, against you. you. And the other thing is, is that when you're, it'll affect your attitude about how you're doing it, which then burns glucose at a much higher rate in your body, and you will get tired faster. Mm. So if you're not eating well, it will change your attitude, which will burn glucose faster, which will make you even more tired. They're all interconnected. You can't separate them. <laughs> so un unless you do the self-care that you're talking about, you're really just putting more strain on your body on top of already what's going on. Mm -hmm. And your brain will not be able to function to solve the problems. Right. Yeah. And eventually that's going to have a bigger and bigger impact. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking about just our society in general and how especially our culture as, as opposed to some of the Eastern cultures and things like that. We're very driven, you know, you just go, go, go. You just pile as much stress as you can. You know, you're working 15 hours a day. You just, you don't stop for yourself, right? We don't, mm -hmm. we don't think that that's an important piece. And, um, even when we think, okay, yeah, this is important, we can find ourselves just getting too busy, and those things are the things that we cut out of our lives first oftentimes, especially in our society. I know I'm definitely um, prone to do that. I definitely will. It's like, okay, I don't have time. All right, exercise goes out the door today. Um, and But what you're saying is all of the research is showing that that is absolutely not what we should be doing. It's totally non-productive. And yet we still do it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know anyone that doesn't have to keep an eye on that. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> oh, for sure. 100%. Um, but it just makes sense because we, we feel like we have to protect, you know, what's important. But we underestimate how important taking care of ourselves is. And in fact, taking care of yourself is protecting what's important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. They, Funny we don't have that mindset, do we? We don't. We really don't. And slowing down and instead of going, oh, I have to slow down because I have trauma or I have to slow down because things aren't working, we can slow down and say, I have to slow down because that is where the beauty and of life is. I have to slow down because that is helping me to connect with myself and others. I have to slow down. Uh-uh. Have to is a bad word. I should say in my in when my in my book it says um, it was talking about how much glucose burns faster when according to our attitude, and we'll say mm -hmm. something like, um, "I have to go to work" or "I have to go to school," but in reality, it is "I get to go to work," "I get to go to school." You and know, I choose to. Or I choose to go to work. Oh, well, I in my book it goes have to choose to get to get to is the top because get to when we change our attitude to I get to work on my trauma mm. I get to work on my connectedness I instead of going you know this has happened in my life and I have to address it when we change that attitude it 
and we do slow down, I get to slow down, I get to work on this, I get to learn, it, it really changes so much physiologically. In fact, even as, even as I'm saying these words right now, I can feel a difference in my body. I can too. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And the glucose connection is fascinating. Yes. That your attitude can actually shift the rate at which your body uses that. Yes. It sounds like. Anytime you have a grudge, it burns glucose much, much faster in the huh. body. So it can be a grudge about going to work. It can be a grudge about an interruption on a phone call. It can be a grudge about any of those things. And we can change all of those things by our attitude about what we're dealing with. So what I like about this is last time we were talking about the effects on relationship a lot and also the effects on our own lives. And this is, again, as we were uh, talking last time, trauma, stress, all of these things are uh, disconnecting events, right? We talked about a lot last time about how they can disconnect ourselves from each other, but this is really... Um, and disconnection from ourselves. Mm. And so what we wanted to talk about today too, especially is how do we reconnect to ourselves? You know, we're saying this matters. You have to do this. These are all of the effects. We don't have to do it. We get to do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we choose to and then we get to. Yes, we choose to and we get to do this. And that is an exciting process. So what types of things are we looking at doing? Um, you know, before we started the session, as we were talking about some of the things, you, you were talking about the, the physiology of deep breathing. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, there are several ways that we can connect. And one of, one of the most fascinating to me was deep breathing. So in my research with performance anxiety, they'll say over and over again, deep breathing helps with performance anxiety, right? right. Well, performance anxiety usually starts with some trauma that a child has had, you know, from some bad experience or whatever. Well, the same kind of thing happens with other types of traumas. Um, and deep breathing does several things uh, physiologically. First of all, when you deep breathe, it modulates your heartbeat. So it modulates your breathing, and your breathing modulates your heartbeat, your heart rate, and the heart sends signals afferent up your vagus nerve to the medulla in your brain, and which also modulates your amygdala and your limbic systems. Well, what's the big deal about that? is that it, it actually changes um, your parasympathetic and your sympathetic reactions in your body. But it also changes the neurotransmitters that are, are happening in your brain. So when you choose and make a choice to deep breathe, then you are actually changing in the only way possible that we know of right now, you're actually changing neurotransmitters in your brain. Well, that's a really huge big deal. And when you choose to be mindful, uh, my opinion is, is that you are also in that process of choosing your reactions, your mental reactions, and your neurotransmitters. And so when we stop, slow down and we become more mindful and we um, choose to breathe deeply, 
we are actually making a choice to change the physiology of our body. We are choosing how we're going to use glucose. So we can't just sit there and say, okay, I don't want you know my glucose to burn as fast in my brain right now. We just can't do that unless we change our attitude, we change our thinking about our mindfulness, and we change our breathing. And when we do that, we make those conscious choices then we have this enormous power physiologically that we don't normally have. And, and it's pretty amazing when we start to think about the chain reactions that happen. That sounds like a lot of really positive things from breathing. Yes. Is it that simple? Yes, wow. it actually is. <laughs> well, um, the, you can just deep breathe, you know, <sighs> But if you know more about the physiology and you take that deep breath and you're going, I'm going to, I'm going to change my physiology here. I'm going to change how I think about things. I'm going to change my response to this. And I'm just going to deep breathe. And I'm going to take and enjoy my body. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to enjoy my situations. We can really change our physiology. So more than just, I'm deep breathing because David and Sherry told me on the stupid <laughs> podcast that I'm supposed to deep breathe when I'm stressed out. Stupid. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to like actually opt all the way in to the experience mm-hmm. and recognize this is the outcome that I'm going for. This is the change that I'm choosing Um, that I get to choose mentally, emotionally, and physically. Mm -hmm. And I I like that clarification because I have been in both of those places, right? I have definitely been in the, I'm deep breathing because I'm supposed to and because this is supposed to be helpful. And um, there's a huge difference I notice for myself when I do that as opposed to when I, and you can laugh if you want, but you know, we've talked about this talking to your body, right? That I'll say, hi body, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, what do I need right now? What do, what's, how can I help? What can I do? And let me sink into this moment. Let me feel into this moment of the shifting that I know is happening in my mind and in my body and like becoming extremely present to what's going on. It's a very different experience than, you know, when we talk about the breathing techniques and stuff, just in two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, (laughs) out, two, three, four, hold, you know? It's really true. And, and I want to emphasize too, that while we want to, we want to opt all in, and we want to really go deep in the experience of that breathing, that it's not this huge mental process, that we can just go, okay, it's going to be all right. Just breathe. And I don't have to say, okay, I'm breathing deeper. Am I breathing deeply enough? Am I all in? (laughs) It's a very simple process to just enjoy that air and to breathe deeply and to take your space to a different place that is more peaceful, more mindful, more trusting, 
more enjoying the experience and the adventure of life and all that it has. I, li- I like that in my brain. I keep thinking that's kind of the difference between breathing and mindfulness. Because mm-hmm. the mindfulness implies an observing awareness. You're, you're above just the breath. And everything is slowing down. And it really is like an enjoyment, mm-hmm. like you're talking about. And so, you know, we're, we're likely going to do some upcoming episodes on mindfulness mm-hmm. with some um, audio clips as well. I really want to do that. But I love how this sets the foundation for why that mindfulness and breathing is so important. And not just because somebody says so, but physiologically, this has tremendous impact. And really has impact in a way that nothing else can, is what we're learning. Right. And if you don't settle down the adrenals, you know, you've got to settle it down with self-care. You've got to settle it down with breathing because it's all interconnected into what parts of your brain are going to be working when you're trying to do your problem solving and trying to do your personal growth. So it's a really big deal to enjoy that process of taking care of yourself. And I think, too, you know, not just in the moment of being more effective in your life right now, but long-term, right? The long-term effects of high levels of stress. Um, you know, you're, we're mentioning the heart, the brain, the uh, cardiovascular system, your, um, just all these different parts of your body. And you start making these connections when we know... We have these studies that, you know, for a while have shown, oh, yeah, when you're really stressed for a long period of time, you're going to have heart problems. You're going to have adrenal problems. You know, we're making all of these connections here. This is, this is quality of life. You know, this goes back to our very first episode where David is telling us, hey, you know, your worth is your worth, period, no matter what, but your choices affect your quality of life every day. And this kind of stuff where we are slowing down and taking time for ourselves, for our bodies, but in this deliberate way, not a checked out, I'm going to binge on Netflix or game for four hours or watch porn or, you know, all of these escapes that we like to pretend are we're using in place of this and we think it's going to fill that space, but really deliberately taking that mindful time for ourselves is completely changing our quality of life in this very moment in our ability to problem solve, to do life, to have a happier, more balanced, more productive life now, and also completely throughout our lives and even to affect the longevity of our lives. Yeah, I like that. If if we were to um, get a prescription from you <laughs> for at least kind of an, uh, a more basic, perhaps, overview of, you know, a self-care routine or regimen that you feel would be important. And obviously, I, I doubt it would be, you know, three, four hours a day of focusing <laughs> on these things. But what, what from what you've learned and studied are just maybe uh, the really important things that if somebody says, you know what, I love this idea, 
I'm all in uh, the mindfulness, the breathing, the modulating or regulating. What would be just a simple, here's what would accomplish this on a daily basis? Wow, you're going to put me on the spot here. (laughs) Well, I think the thing that's most important is to listen to yourself. Because your body is going to tell you, there is going to be little things that come to your consciousness, and it will change day to day. One day it will be, you might need a little more sleep here. One day it means, have you eaten yet? Another day it will be, you know, you just had a situation that was really tough to, to, uh, to handle right here. Breathe deeply. And so I think overall the biggest thing is to take some time to listen to ourselves and to give ourselves permission to do that. Along those lines... I think it's also important to realize that little change matters. So I would tell my kids, every good choice counts. And sometimes we think if we didn't have enough time to do everything perfectly the way we think the ideal is, that what's the point anyway, right? And I think we need to give ourselves credit and say, every good choice counts. So even drinking one more cup of water today or, you know, 10 more minutes of rest or 10 minutes of exercise. Or sometimes, um, you know, people get all uptight about exercise or something. And they, um, I, I told one of my clients, I said, just when you get an impression that you need to do something for yourself, act on it. So you're in bed at night exhausted and you, oh, I didn't exercise today. Do one sit-up and check and just really uh, celebrate. And if you, um, when you start to feel down about something, just very gently do one, one positive thing in that direction and then celebrate that. Because two things happen. One, you just did one good thing. But the second thing is, is that you took that mental stress off of yourself and you started going in the right direction. And when you do that, what does it do? It lowers your adrenal response. And you're, you have just taken more steps in the right direction than you even think because your body and your mind will respond to that. So just um, listening to ourselves and then making teeny tiny adjustments and being really supportive of ourselves in that process of mindfulness. And then taking time to breathe, because breathing you have to do anyway. <laughs> so you might as well do it in a joyful way that is benefiting you even more than just inhaling and exhaling. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Marianne, for joining us today. I love all of this stuff. I feel like my brain is just making connections and is going to keep doing that for days here. Um, You mentioned earlier uh, your book, and so I want to give you an opportunity to um, share what that is, where that is, um, any contact information that you want to share with us. You bet. All right. So my book centers around anxiety that we don't listen to ourselves enough and that every day we have anxieties and the importance of um, tuning into those. So it is called Boost Core Power and Bust Anxiety. It's on Amazon and local bookstores. So Boost Core Power and Bust Anxiety. Right, and it's all about how we have daily anxieties, whether it's 
my hair doesn't look right, my relationship isn't right, I have a test coming up, am I going to be on time to work? All of these anxieties affect our body, affect how we work, and it just talks about how we can deal with that and structure our lives in ways that are going to be beneficial for us and take care of things like performance anxiety or sports anxieties or just daily kinds of relationship anxieties. Um, also, I've got my website. It's called uh, findcorepower.com, and I do various things on that, too. Excellent. Thank you. So findcorepower.com. We're so happy Marianne could join us. I think these were uh, wonderful episodes, and I'm sure you'll agree. Um, we look forward to talking more about this and mindfulness and other topics as we continue this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You bet. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.